Nationals made news the other day going with a physical release of their concert tickets. They're not selling them online. If you want to buy them, you got to go stand in line and go a little old school analog. Go, you know, a little old school there. And uh, I kind of like that. I'm a huge, huge fan of Nine Inch Nails. I've argued for them to play the Super Bowl halftime show. Everybody tells me it's a dumb idea. I get shouted down every time I say it. But uh, I really love Nine Inch Nails. Maybe it is a dumb idea. Maybe I'd be the only one who would like it. But I'm a huge fan. Huge, huge fan. And uh, look look at me. I, and I haven't listened to the track yet. So look at me upselling Trent Reznor. <laughs> and he's going to lay a big, fat old turret right it's down possible. the middle. It's possible. It is very possible that that happens. We will obviously get to the Cavaliers here in a little while. You are going to have to... Maybe tie bricks to my feet today, Phantom. Okay. You're going to have to keep me grounded. Okay, what is going on with you right now? Dude, you're on one this morning, and I'd like to know why. Your boy is excited. Okay. So, yesterday, I got invited to play in a scratch golf league to sub for a guy who's on vacation. Okay. For people that don't know, scratch means you play about even. Okay, I don't even know what that okay. means. Okay, so if par 72, <laughs> you're probably playing around 72, 73, right around there. Okay. Right? You're maybe even under at some point. Okay. So all these guys can legit play, right? I have no business being in this league. I'm probably an 18 handicap, maybe a little bit under when I play great, but probably not all that likely. So, so this just means really good golfers are playing yes. together? So a, a scratch league is just yes. dudes who are not sucking? Not golf. hacking it up the fairway. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Right? So my buddy John, who originally from Pittsburgh, which, listen to this, when he was growing up, was ranked second in the state in Pennsylvania, right behind Rocco Mediate. Now, if you're a golf fan, Rocco Mediate's pretty damn good, really good professional golfer. That's how good John is. Like, John's really good. And so his partner's on vacation, so he said, hey, man, I need a guy to fill in on Monday. Why don't you fill in for JB? And I was like, okay, cool. I'll meet you there. And we did what... It's, we played a scramble last night, but it was a little different. Normally in a scramble, you each hit your ball. Whoever's got the better shot, you take that. You each hit, and then you, you know, you, you, then you take the score there. Last night, what they did was is you took the best tee shot, and then everybody had to play their own ball into the hole, and then you figured out what the best score between you two was, and then that one you picked. So you and I are essentially a team there. Yes. Okay, and, and I hit it better than you. We so use we your tee shot. Okay, we both shoot it from there. But okay. then in the fairway, like when we're going to hit a shot into the green, we both hit a shot, and then we, but then we both use our own ball there to make up our score. A lot of things about golf I don't understand. Yeah, a lot me of too. Them. <laughs> just, me too. Just, you know, fill the Grand Canyon with it. So we used not only a, lot, a ton of my drives, we used a ton of my shots. We used, I mean, dude, I, we, no, here's the other thing you don't, that, that you, Phantom, might not know, and a lot of people might not know. What's that? There are different tee boxes on the golf course. There okay. are seniors tees, there are ladies tees, there are amateur tees, and then there are pro tees. Most golf courses have four sets of tee boxes. We, normally when you go play, you play the whites, which is the amateur tees, right? So... Last night, we played the Blues, which are the pro tees. Your boy was making pars from pro tees. Wow. That's impressive, right? That's good, right? Made two birdies from pro tees. Yeah. Like, dude, I kind of had it yesterday, where it was like, oh, God. Where's this all coming from? Where's this stands very confidence? I think the last time we talked golf, dude, I think you nuts. were legit ready to jump off of a bridge, man. Like, what What Again, happened? What, 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 what's different? Again, man, I went and saw my buddy, A.J. Wenger, and yeah. I was like, dude, you got to get this figured out. And so a couple, you know, he, he was like, let me take a look at it. This is last week. He's like, let me take a look at a couple of shots here. He's like, all right, just try this, 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 and this, and turn it right around. I played all right on Friday night, too. Didn't play Saturday or Sunday at all because I knew I had this going on yesterday, and I didn't want to, like, wear it out. 
And not only that, we finished like the golf league. Then we all went out and played a you know a couple extra holes. We kept the same teams. And dude, my partner and I won money. Jeez, we won some money. Jeez, dude, no wonder you're feeling good this morning. Dude. I mean, <laughs> not the entire morning stands. Man's like, yeah, and this, and this, oh, it's good. And blah, and like, okay. I mean, it Play wasn't a ton of money. Great move. No, dude, we made 40 bucks on the golf course last night. So, dude, I pulled down a WRQK, uh, dude, I pulled it down a Rock 106.9 paycheck last night on the golf course. Pretty good. Pretty good. Your boy's liking it. Doing big things. Your shot at $1,000 is every single hour. We will fanboy out over the Cavaliers after hooking you up at this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Tatum throws it out to Rozier. Rogier takes it to the rim. Layup blocked by Thompson. Oh, what a rejection from Tristan Thompson. Here comes James. Down. Layup's good. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRKK.com. Before breaking down that Cavaliers game last night, victory. Big, huge victory. Tying up that series 2-2. We don't normally do this, but we will today. Yeah. What I believe might be our youngest listener. It's her birthday today. Emery Fleischer is turning all of 13 years old this morning. You got a lot to learn, Emery. <laughs> I wouldn't learn it here. I uh, do today. Stay in school, crack those books, and uh, what the hell's the matter with your parents? <laughs> that you're 13 and listen to this every day. That can't be good. I hope 12 year olds aren't our youngest listeners. Get your babies listening, people. <laughs> like, do you got a little newborn? Make a little Stansbury Show listener. Get them on board. That sounds great to me. Just get right out of the birthing canal, dude. Listening to the Stansberry Show iHeart Station as your mom's pushing you out. Nice. Yeah. Maybe take, I would say, maybe take a Rock 1069 t shirt to nah. wipe everything off. But nah. I have, I've been here five years, haven't seen one of those. I have, I have no idea what one of those might look like. Your Cavaliers last night, buddy, tied up the series 2 2. Yes. And uh, you can pretty much bank on NBA teams winning on their home floor. It's a little weird, but you pretty much can, other than Toronto. Um, now, I know I saw a lot of people saying this last night via Twitter, and, uh, you know, not even just Cavs fans. It was just, like, you know, people all around, you know, the country. You know, the NBA's rigged. And it's like, well, okay, l- like, let's look at this. I always say I don't think the whole league can be rigged, but I, I think you can get to a ref. I think you can get to a guy f- shooting free throws, whatever. However, Boston didn't cover. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, going to say. Then- so, you know, if, if that's your thing, that the NBA's rigged, then the team who's getting the points has to at least cover. And they didn't. I find I find the concept of sports being fixed to be really, really fascinating. And for you do find this fascinating. I, I, I don't know why, but like, there's something about it to me that's like, if you think this is fixed, then in, why watch it? An example, like at least WWE. When I watch that, I know that is predetermined, a 100, percent and I'm okay with that. Like that. But if you don't tell me that, if you're trying to pull the wool over my eyes, I would find that insulting. So if I thought pro sports were fixed, in like. I'm, why, why would I watch a Browns game? Why would I watch an Indians game? I would never. I, if, if that was my thought process, I would never be a part of it. I agree with you, okay? But as a guy who bets sports, I don't know if stuff's fixed or not. Obviously, I don't know. Here's what I do know. Having lived in Las Vegas, dude, those casinos got influence. Here's how powerful Las Vegas is. 
Their Chick-fil-A, open on Sunday. Jeez. The one right Jeez. around the corner from the strip. Jeez. People, and when I was out there in wow. Vegas, a guy hit me up because I tweeted about it. A guy was like, I'm on their website right now. It says they're closed. I was like, bitch, I'm in the restaurant right now. <laughs> I'm not on the website. I'm in here right now eating Chick-fil-A on Sunday. That's how powerful Vegas is. Vegas gets what Vegas wants. So I can kind of see it. And when you bet games... There's enough times where you got to rip up your betting ticket, and where you do, where you're looking at stuff, where you're like, "That's not natural. That's not the way things go down." Now that could be gambler's brain. Mm-hmm. It could very much for be sure. gambler's brain for sure. But it, I've seen enough stuff that makes me go, "Oh, what am I doing?" You know what I mean? So well, and I that even brings up a greater point of like, well, maybe you watch it because you still want to, but you're over here gambling on it. So right. if you think it's fixed, like, good God, what are you doing? Exactly. I, now, I guess, now, I don't know NBA refs. Maybe you do. I don't know. But a guy said last night, I, I went to a national, like, I, it was Barstool Sports, right? Okay. I was, like, on their Twitter feed, right? Okay. And um, I saw the, the, the guys who run that are all big Boston, like, homers, right? Or at least the president is. And so, like, a lot of people like to give him trash, you know what I mean, when the Celtics aren't playing great or whatever. And a guy said, another Boston fan said, I knew the Celtics had no shot tonight when Scott Foster was on the floor. Now, I don't know who Scott Foster is. He's obviously an NBA referee. but And I wanted to laugh that off. But the NBA is the league that had Tim Donaghy. We had it. Dude, a, a guy wrote a book about the about how he fixed games. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you can point to enough evidence within guy. within every league, though. I mean, like, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's examples across. Not an NBA problem. Right, examples across across the board here. Oh, of, dude, the of, NFL tickets I've had to rip up over field goals at the end. Oh, Jesus. But I, I think you kind of you, you, you kind of hit it on the head when you say that, like, it's not that the games per se are fixed. You can certainly get to individuals. You can get to a guy. I can, I can make room for that. Yeah, okay. I, I think, dude. It's it's like I don't think you could keep a cover up. There's enough guys. You would need a lot of players. So if the league was fixed, there'd be enough dudes who were retired who blew through their NBA money mm-hmm. who would be out there telling you what's going down so they could sell the book. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that that would just be a lot of people to keep quiet. And like I understand that money talks it's like and the like 9/11 conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. It's like how many people needed to be in on this? And, and at that point, I mean, I think literally thousands of people would have to be in on this and at some point you get you get somebody that's going to talk about it. So, um, next game tomorrow night. Yeah. We're back at Boston. Wow. I mean, they had what, three days in between this and now it's like not even a day. We're right back, even with travel. It's, um, I think the, 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 the final start May 31st. So I think at this point, it's every other night. It'll be West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast. And whenever they end, they end right there. Um, last night, I mean, it's crazy to say, I mean, LeBron scored over 40 points and I felt like it was kind of like a ho hum game for him. Like, don't get me wrong. The dude was prolific and, and, and out there doing incredible things. This is how good he is. Exactly. Dude, this is dude. This is how good LeBron James is, right? And he's now the leader in like all this stuff. And you know, the, the LeBron naysayers are going to say, "But he played more games than Jordan." Okay, well, whatever. If you're going to knock people for durability, that's on you. Here's what I'm going to say about LeBron James: When a guy like Russell Westbrook gets a triple double, it's on the news for two days. LeBron pulls down triple doubles in playoffs, NBA Finals games, nobody talks about it because you expect it. Because he's so good that you just expect he's going to go 40, 10, and 12. You just expect him to do it. Stansbury says uh, LeBron now leads all these things. Nick Wright, obviously a LeBron homer on FS1, but nonetheless, I mean, he's, he's putting out facts here. It's so not it's, inaccurate. It's not, it's not, it. You can't dispute this. LeBron is now the all-time playoff record holder for points, steals, field goals made, minutes, 
buzzer beaters, game winners, which is that final shot with under five seconds, and points per game in game sevens. That's wow. I mean, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I've said a million times, I mean, there's plenty of points you can have for Jordan where it's like, all right, here's this. And plenty of points you can make for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But at the end of the day, the people who are like, it's not even a conversation, you're an idiot. It's a conversation. You're an, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, I, it, dude, if, if you still have Michael as your number one player, I can understand yeah. it. I can yep. understand it. I would, I would argue a little bit, but I can understand understand it to say it's not a conversation is absolutely crazy dude i tweeted this out yesterday and i was half kidding okay and the more i think about it i think i might be right okay this is a little tinfoil hat okay okay <laughs> yeah. all right here's a little crazy stansberry going this on is, here. Uh, this, we is, got here? Uh, this is uh, now i try not to hot take it okay okay but i think i got a hot take here <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> you cast fans are gonna be so mad all right i want to hear it now you gotta understand we're always told, right, about how smart LeBron James is and how calculated he is. You got to remember, 3-1 cookies after, you know, after he won the NBA Finals. He just trolls, dude. It's what he does, right? He's got long memory. He, he, dude, LeBron doesn't let anything go. He keeps everything in those teeth, bro. Everything. He lets nothing go. He's the most petty player we've ever seen. He's the most maniacal player we've ever seen. LeBron, for all his greatness, he's a head case upstairs with some other stuff, though. He is. He's a little bit of a mess. Dude, to be that popular, that rich, to be that good at something and still be that petty, dude, LeBron's first name should be Tom. That's how petty that dude is. And, like, I worry about, like, that. It's like, dude, like, like why can't you settle this, right? But I now have a new theory on the Cavs. And I think Kyrie... And LeBron may have been in on it together. And it may be, I think LeBron hates Dan Gilbert enough to where not only is he leaving, he made sure we don't get Kyrie Irving too. He hates Dan Gilbert enough, dude, where he's like, you know what, dude? I'm going to not only am I going to go, I'm going to take the second best point guard in the league and I'm going to send him out of here before I leave. So then why did he come back? I believe LeBron left and did not understand the hatred that would come under him for going to Miami and how he did it. So he went to Miami, he wins the championships, and knows, I got to clean up my reputation. Came back, and this is what I've been saying since he came back. You are the only fan base that when he leaves Cleveland that will care. The rest of the NBA is going to tell you, Cleveland, shut up, bitch. You got a title. That's what everybody in the country is going to say, right? And he knows that now. And I think that there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's a good possibility. I think he sent Kyrie to Boston and LeBron's a Celtic next year. You get, dude, you get Danny H. What happened to your theory of Kyrie and LeBron couldn't get together because they were banging the same chick? Is that, is that one's out the, out the window? window. That I, one's gone. All right, that window. one's gone. Out all the right. window. Okay, dude, all right, all maybe, right. As dude, long as that's in the past. Dude, maybe they got it figured out. Okay, maybe they did. Maybe I, they dude, did. Maybe, right. Here's the thing. It's, dude, when you throw it, again, I'm in the opinion business. Sometimes you're going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. Now, again, I said, I don't know how serious I am with this. But I, dude, he hates Dan Gilbert enough. That much I know. Dude, that is the one thing that is for sure on the books that everybody in the NBA is willing to admit. That he legitimately cannot stand Dan Gilbert. I hear they can't even be in the same room most times. That they just do not like one another. And I could see LeBron. And again, dude, I'm the guy that keeps going back to the letter. Everybody keeps dismissing the letter. Read that letter again. 
LeBron's the guy who's got a quality written on his tennis shoes, for Christ's sake. And you got Dan Gilbert out there pro-Trump. And then you got that letter that screams like racism and ownership. And if you think LeBron forgot about that, you are in denial. And I don't know if he sent Kyrie there and they're going to team up in this and that. But do I think LeBron's petty enough to do it? Do I think he's maniacal enough to do it? Do I think, do I think he's that, that mental and that vindictive? Absolutely, I do. Now, does he go to Boston team up? I don't know. But do I think there's a good op- do I think there's a good idea that he's like, I know I'm out of here anyway, and I'm going to take the second best point guard, and I'm going to get him thrown out of here too. That way, they can't do anything when I leave here. Do I think he's that petty? Do I think he hates Dan Gilbert that much? I absolutely 100% do. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000.710 this morning. Also, coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. Mm. New J-Lo, Cardi B, and DJ Khaled all together for a song called Dinero. Okay. You'll also have new Sam Hunt. That song's called Downtown's Dead. And then Nine Inch Nails, God Break Down the Door. I can't wait to hear that. Uh, country music artists, they always hate downtown, dude. They're always talking crap about it. They don't want to go. They're, you're taking her downtown. She doesn't want to go downtown. She wants to go out to the sticks or whatever. And, and What's so bad about downtown? Yeah, I... um. I, I I love downtowns. Like I, you know what I mean. Like I'm uh, I I like being in the city. Give me some people. Although you know what, dude, that's not true. Honestly, I, I, if I'm being honest, the older I get, I do kind of want to move back out. Like I'd like to be out a little bit. Um, if we didn't, I mean, if we didn't have to be in the door at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. dude, I gotta tell you, I probably would live in Orville. I, uh, Delton, maybe. I, that's probably where I'd be. I uh, I had to drive out to my girlfriend's mom's house yesterday for something, and dude, just driving down there and just looking at all the Amish people and just imagine. Get on the road. Imagine stands very down there with all them. I just don't think it's gonna work well, but I guess, man, send you out there. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So I posted one of these stupid memes yesterday. Okay. At uh, Facebook.com/slash Stansberry Show there, and it's one of these things where you got to pick one. All right. Right. And. You get to keep three, but this one's got to go. Okay, okay. One of those, right? Out of these three things you like, which one goes? And it's beer, steak, football, or sex, right? And for me, it would be beer because it doesn't say alcohol. It says beer. So, right, I can drink Jameson and ginger ale, a little Captain and Coke. I'll be fine. I can still get my drink on, but I don't necessarily need beer. And I love beer. I love IPAs. I love beer. Okay, but to you, the... It says beer. But to you, the drinking is more about getting drunk than the taste of beer. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm about good times. I don't care what it tastes like. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think there's some people who would be like, no, I'd love to taste the beer, man. I love the IPA taste. And it's more about that than it is, you know, getting drunk for them. Yeah, I mean, I love the way IP, IPAs taste, okay. but but I but I could give up beer okay. if I had other liquor. Okay. The amount of dudes in here that I see say sex. Sex. Is terrifying. Sex. That is terrifying. Because I don't know what that says. Does it say you're already giving up sex or you've already given it up? Or, like, why would that be the option? Like, I don't get it. Like, because here's the thing. None of this other stuff has any real physical benefit, right? right? Like, steak's not terrible for you. You know, if you get grass-fed beef, actually, dude, the beef industry is wildly attacked and unfairly. But if you, but if, 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 if you research your beef and you get grass-fed and all that stuff, that's, I mean, it's not bad for you, but it's not any good for you. Beer's not good for you. Football's not good for you. Sex is legitimately 
outside of feeling amazing, it is good for your entire psyche, your body, your stress level, everything. But if people aren't having it, and I think there's probably plenty of dudes at this point in their life who recognize like, hey, those best years are behind me. And I know like he's, Sansbury and I were talking earlier and uh, Sansbury, it's, you know, it's usually, and I feel like with, uh, with, with luck with the ladies, it's usually feast or famine. And it seems like times have been good in the Stansberry household recently. Ordered in today, as a matter of fact, I can't think, wait to get home. I think you put that everyone else through your perspective of having sex available to them. There's plenty of dudes your age and certainly older who do not have that available to them who are like, dude, I, I, you know, at this point I'm stuck with my wife who I've been with for 30 years or I've been divorced and I'm, 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 I can't go. I'm not getting, I'm not getting any luck getting laid out there. I'm trying to go out. I'm trying to meet people. I'm trying to do Tinder. I'm trying to do match.com, but I can't meet anybody. Sex is something I've already given up. I no longer find joy from it because you still have masturbation right there. And, ah. and, 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 with, and with that being said, I think plenty of dudes, primary form of sexual release of sexual, like of, of like, you know, activity is Primarily masturbation. I think that's the case for a lot of guys. Give me a number. Do, I mean, now, no, no, guys in Stark County, percentage wise, who, are, who think primarily masturbation is is on a month to month basis. Masturbation is their. I would. Say, I mean, fifty percent of dudes. Wow. I mean, really? of, of, of people above Half. the age of, of, of people above the age of eighteen. Yeah, where maybe maybe you're having sex once or twice within that month with your partner. But other than that, you are primarily masturbating. I, dude, I would say probably more than that. I don't get this. Like, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you have the desire to have sex right. more often than that, well, her. That's the thing is, and, and whether it's your fault because you're saying, well, she doesn't want to have sex with me, or it's your fault in the sense of like you're not taking care of like the rest of life, and no wonder she doesn't want to have sex with you when she has to come home from work and cook dinner and clean the house and do the kids' homework and you know clean the bathroom and do all that. You Bang know, your best friend, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, why would she want to have sex with you because she's over here exhausted, you know, trying to trying to make everything happen. Yeah, I tell guys all the time, you you, you ruin sex because of what you won't do or or what you said or the jokes you tried to make yeah. or like I said you, you're divorced or maybe you were never married and you can't get laid out there in the scene now because it's too hard and you're, you're not a radio personality who has vagina available to well them. here's the thing even not like that's like you know an open door although it does open some doors I, I can't lie <laughs> yeah it does I mean dude the DMs are lit they are they um, are lit but, any any job with a microphone helps yeah yeah absolutely they're phallic you know <laughs> so like absolutely no the DMs are lit that's true that's for sure and even still it's hard because what you don't want well actually when you first get into an industry like this you don't care it's like you just run through them all like dude when I first got into this dude it was honestly sometimes it was five girls a week I mean dude it was legitimately out of hand for a little while and then it was like all right dude you can't keep inviting these crazy whores into your house like dude I kept waking up and chicks were in my closet trying on my clothes and like all kinds of stuff was going on in my house it was weird and some dude listening right now has never had that experience, and that's why sex isn't nearly as important to him as it is to you. When you've only banged three I chicks in your life, I think that would more important. Mm, yes, but like I said, I dude, mean, when I'm starving, you know what's important? Food. <laughs> he knows. He knows that meal is not available to him like it has been to you in the past. Therefore, sex not nearly as important. What would you give up? Beer, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You eat a steak. You like football. You like sports. Yeah, and, and sex we, is not even an option. I was going to say we we know you're not giving that. Not up. even an option. The Phantom would literally drag it through a <laughs> mud puddle just to get it wet. That's legitimately who he is. A thousand dollars up for grabs. That's next on Rock One Hundred Six Nine. 
The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from The Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. It is America's fastest-growing MMA promotion, their next event, June 30th at the Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Featuring local and professional fights, Honor Fighting Championship, they give you the ultimate MMA experience. Tickets are still available, including ringside seats, but they are going quick. Don't get shut out of this event. Go get your tickets right now. They are available to you at HonorFightingChampionship.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8.30, we'll uh, get you hooked up with those Coheed and Cambria tickets. That show, July 29th, Jacob's Pavilion. Also, $1,000 momentarily here. Pass that out as well. New Tour Tuesday coming up at 9 o'clock. You're getting new J-Lo, new Sam Hunt, new Nine Inch Nails, all part of that. I, um, I'm one of these people who just believes LeBron's going. I'm just one of these guys. That okay. just believe. I said before the season started, I think he's out. Okay. Now, that does not... I'm, I'm not saying... For, that's just my opinion. Okay, and you're not going to get this like big gotcha moment if he doesn't. I won't. I like. I have to say something. I have to give you what my opinion is. Otherwise, there would just be silence in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. That would be awful. Yeah. That would yeah. be horrific. Be right. Bad. And so, like, you're not. It's not going to be this big gotcha moment. I do believe he's going, and I believe I use better solid arguments than what fans use for why he's going to stay here. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about here. Okay. Where a guy tells me if LeBron leaves Cleveland again, he finishes his career a villain to his own hometown and ultimately damages his brand and legacy. He's going to stay. Guys, your professional legacy is not built on your hometown. It's not. It's what you did for the sport. It's what you did for the game. And here's what LeBron's legacy ultimately might be. And nobody talks about this. LeBron created the player movability era and ultimately... I'm not sure it's going to be good for the NBA, and that might be his legacy. His legacy might also be a player that tried to play GM while being a player, and he was terrible at it. That might be his legacy. His legacy is also going to be made it to eight straight finals and couldn't win them. That's his legacy. For for as far as like legacy damage goes, there's already enough damage on this legacy. Already enough. And here's why if he leaves, it doesn't damage his legacy. Because he's got a better shot to win a title. LeBron's not going to go anywhere that has any less of a shot to win than the Cavaliers. He's smarter than that. So he's going to go somewhere where he's got a shot to win a title. And if he does it, then the legacy's fine. The only people that care about him playing in Cleveland, which, by the way, not his hometown, not. As a matter of fact, he goes out of his way to tell you constantly that Cleveland is not his hometown. He was a Dallas Cowboys fan. He was a New York Yankees fan. He's got zero, absolutely zero allegiance to the city of Cleveland. None. None. He's just a kid from Akron, bro. Just a kid from Akron. That's not his hometown. It's not. So I don't think that that's what keeps him here. I really don't. Now, is there a chance he stays? Yes, obviously. I hear that he would like to remain a Cavalier, doesn't think it's possible, probably realizes he has to go. Now, there are a couple of variables there. You add Kawhi Leonard to the Cavs roster, that is is getting interesting. So why, if, if what you're hearing is that he would prefer to, why would he prefer to? If if he has no allegiance, this doesn't know. offer him the best That's chance. That's interesting. Then why? I mean, like, what what would be the thing that makes him think like, all right, this is where I want to be? I don't know. I don't know what because again, I'm not. I don't know anybody that close to LeBron's camp. I'm hearing this through people like Chris Broussard, who do know people close to his camp, who was saying the other day that he believes that ideally, if, if he could, he would. I think it's because the story is good. 
I don't think he has any allegiance to Cleveland, but he knows the story. I would admit that, that the story of playing in Ohio for him, that story's good. But ultimately, if you think he cares more about Cleveland slash Akron than winning, you're out of your mind. He's the greatest player we've seen in 25 years. So, dude, the, the, the mentality's different. This isn't Al Horford. Right, this is, dude. It's not. Dude, this isn't just. This isn't a jag. Just a guy. This is LeBron James, bro. He is judged by chips. And if you can't win the chip here, which by the way, dude, even if you beat the Celtics, you're gonna go to Golden State and get run out the gym by forty every night, and you know it. And he knows it. And if he keeps making the NBA Finals and losing, that's the damaging part to your legacy, not the fact that he left his hometown. That's dude. It's that's so crazy. It's laughable. Um, I think you got a couple things going on here. I think first and foremost, you have to, from his perspective, look at it of if I go and I don't win anything else, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big knock on me. That's probably the biggest knock that I could have is if Devil's I Devil's advocate argument is, is that if you stay, you look unaware about the fact that you couldn't do it. And that's a huge knock. I think the thing that, I think the thing that you could argue away that with, or at least for him is like, well, this is where I committed and this is where I wanted to okay. be. And this is the decision that I made. Okay. So like, there's, there's that, that's like that, that's, that's almost like depending on how you spin it, depending on how you want to play those cards, you can make that. Well, no, I'm a person of integrity. Like that's, and yeah, there's always going to be people that knock. You and I think that's something you have to remember too is no matter what he does here, he knows there's going to be people that doubt him, that question him. That and I mean, like everyone, everyone, you know, well, well, I got haters and my haters. Well, LeBron like genuinely has haters, so like I don't know if I don't know if that factors into what he views as his legacy as much as what he internalizes in his own mind of this is what I define my legacy. That could be fair. So, like, here's what I know I know professional athletes, professional people do not base their legacies on where they're doing it. That's not, dude, like, that's not going to do it. Which, by the way, here's what we also know. KD already went to a better team and won a ch- in championship. People are already quiet about it. They're already back being quiet about it. And what happened? He won the title. And here's what these guys understand. Legacy is about what you did, not where you're from, for Christ's sake. And KD's going to go down winning championships. And nobody, dude, 20 years from now, you think people are going to talk about how he joined the Warriors? No. We care about that now because we're prisoners of the moment. If LeBron goes to the Houston Rockets and rips off three titles and he gets to Jordan's level, you think the legacy's destroyed then? Really? The legacy's destroyed then. But what if he goes to the Houston Rockets and gets nothing? Well, I think that that's, that's definitely a possibility. That, However, see, that, I think that's a risk not worth taking. If you stay and you don't do it, you look dumb because, bro, most people can see it. You can't do it here. You look weak if you go there, if you go somewhere and it doesn't happen. That's that's, fair. that's and I'd rather look dumb than weak. Well, I think what he would tell you is I'd rather take the gamble that, because what you're saying is what if it doesn't happen? But it could happen there. Legitimately, it's a better roster. It's a better GM. It's a. Uh, I don't want to go so far as I don't know about D'Antoni, but I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not going to go overboard. But I, I think it's a better situation. I also do think that there might be a possibility. Maybe it's the Celtics. Maybe it's an Eastern Conference team. Maybe it is Philly. If he goes anywhere else and he still can't beat the Warriors, that is the ultimate black eye on him. That's the ultimate. If you stick with Cleveland, there's a little bit of like, man, I tried. I'm the best player on the planet, and but there's you know not enough around me. There's a little bit of a security blanket. 
ticket there for him. So, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like at this point. I feel like Cavs fans will give you that security blanket. The rest of the NBA fan base and the NBA, like, beat writers and all those guys, I don't think they see it that way. And that's the thing I was going to say is I think if maybe if you're looking at it from, like, a fan perspective, but I think most dudes in the NBA circles, I think they look very much down on Kevin Durant. I think that's very much a knock against him is, like, and I think the Warriors organization as a whole, like, yes, of course, they're going to, you know, be a contender for years to come. But I think most people within within those circles, I do. I think they do think that's a knock against him and, and Kevin Durant's legacy or whatever, you know. I wonder if he cares. You know what I mean? Like, if you win titles, do you care? Now, I will. This is an interesting question, though. I wonder if Kevin Durant doesn't care about the fact that he joined that that super team and won his title that way now in the moment 30 years from now right when he's sitting alone on his couch does he second guess his career does he second guess whether or not he was good enough to get it done without that i think maybe there's a chance for that lebron doesn't have that lebron won a title here he won it in miami and he's the greatest player in 20 some years whether he's the greatest ever or whatever, we can legitimately say he's the greatest player we've seen in like 20 years, right? Legacies are different. When you're Tom Brady, when you're Joe Montana, when you're LeBron James, when you're Michael Jordan, your legacy is different. You're, you're, this is all-time stuff. You think he cares about Cleveland, Ohio? Guys, come on. And this other thing where it's like, well, his kids want to go to St. V. Oh, dude, Nike gave him a billion dollars. They would legitimately pick up St. V and put it in Los Angeles if he wanted. He's also got private planes. He can fly back and forth. How often is he really at home during the season anyway? That whole he wants to live there so his kids can go to St. V. The guy's got 10 houses. All you need is an address to go to St. V. That's it. All you need is an... Actually, I don't even think so, right? It's a pay to go to school. I think you can live pretty much anywhere and do that. Don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure. But I'm pretty sure you can live anywhere and do it. So, right, I mean, St. V is going to be the, that's going to be the hang up on him not going to, him not leaving to go win championships so his kid can go to St. V even though he could no matter where they live. That's a solid argument. Really well done. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK 106.9. ROCK 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on ROCK 106.9. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. Very excited about New Tour Tuesday today. Loaded down with stars. You're getting new J-Lo, Cardi B, DJ Khaled all together on that one. Song's called Dinero. New right. Sam Hunt for country music. Downtown's Dead's that one. Mm-hmm. And new Nine Inch Nails. God break down the door. Very interested to hear the nails. You haven't heard anything new, Nine Inch Nails? You haven't I previewed have, this? Got no clue what we're walking into? Wanted to go into it blind. Okay. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the band. I will, I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure this has happened like three weeks in a row where I'm like, these guys are great. Mm-hmm. And then we play the song <laughs> and it's a turd. So I'm very interested to hear that, Nine Inch Nails. Can't wait. Yeah, I, um, you know, obviously Trent Reznor, a very influential musician, has done a lot to change the sound of rock. I wonder if it's going to continue to be the typical sound or is it like Trent Reznor's like you know what dude I got a zig when everyone thinks I'm gonna zang and who knows Rolling Stone had called Trent Reznor and uh, Slash Nine Inch Nails the artist of the decade for the 1990s I believe it was might have been the 2000s Um, but he was voted artist of the decade and I would agree I mean like uh, just a visionary I I say it all the time there are musicians and then there are artists 
And I believe Trent Reznor is an artist. I believe you get a little pretentious with that yeah. kind of thinking, but I, but I do believe that to be true with Trent Reznor. An artiste. Yes, nice. Right I okay. like it. All right, that's real nice. fancy. Nice. All right. Sometimes when you do a radio show, yeah. you have to talk about things you don't care about. Really? <laughs> Dude, I did not know that. Is, that. is that something we had to do? A lot of times what we're doing is doing things that you will care about. Yeah. And that I don't. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll talk about things I care about and you don't, which is probably <laughs> not the best business <laughs> yeah, that, model. That's the wrong system. Nobody's trying to get me to listen. Mm-mm. You know what we're I mean? Here, They've dude. got me. <laughs> we need you. I should probably rethink <laughs> that system. That is really bad. Probably not going to get famous like that. True. Right? Okay. But I don't want to do this right now. Okay. A, because I'm not interested in it. Okay. And B, because Fantone is. Okay. Here <laughs> so, we go. Like, I'm not a fan. Here we go. But I, as again, as, and this is, again, this will prove to you that I'm not really a hater because I don't understand this, but I do understand why the network is doing it. Fox has signed a billion dollar deal. Billion, according to Variety.com. Deal. With the WWE. WWE stocks through the roof yesterday as reports had surfaced that Fox closed a deal on a five-year, $1 billion deal for, not WWE, for SmackDown. That is crazy. Now, here's the other thing that I find very interesting about this. This will show you the power of the WWE. And again, I don't care about it at all. But here, this will show you the power of it. This isn't going on FS1. This isn't going on Fox Sports 2 or whatever. You know how every channel's got like six channels now? Right. This is going on Fox. Yeah, I mean, Fox has got a million different offshoots that they could be like, well, hey, we're trying to get our ratings up on this, you know, on this network, whether it's, you know, Fox, whatever. But no, this is Fox, Fox, Channel 8, Fox. I think what this shows you is that TV is starting to understand that sports slash competition might be the last thing that's legitimately actually going to drive real viewership. Yeah. I think that's what this tells you, is that there's something to this. Where the sitcom's kind of going away. I know Roseanne's doing big numbers. I'm sure when Last Man Standing comes back, that's going to do big numbers. You know, know, initially, it'll probably level out. I don't know. But I think what you're seeing here is, is that competition, whether it be scripted competition or real or whatever, drives viewers. Something that you don't want spoilers on necessary is kind of the only thing that they have getting you of like, all right, man, I got to do it. Because like, listen, at the end of the day, I mean, I love watching The Simpsons, but I don't care if I see what happens on The Simpsons before it happens. You know what I mean? Like if somebody ruins it online for me on social media, I'm okay. But a game, a a match, something like that, I mean, that I kind of care about. Even like even like TV shows, like, um, uh, what is that, Dragon Show, Game of Thrones. Like people don't necessarily want that spoiled. Therefore, you are going to go to it Sunday at 9 or whenever the hell it plays. Because Twitter will ruin it Because for you. everything right. else will get ruined for you. So I think there is a little bit of that where there's certain programming where you don't want you don't you don't want to know what happens before it happens. You want to be surprised with everyone else. And those are the things where like if if, if it can be spoiled for me, I want to see it live. 
Now, this report's telling me, now this must have been written before this, because we've heard now it's going on Fox, but this is yeah. saying it might be on FS1, but it's not. Uh, we have heard now it is going to, it will move to Fox. A billion dollars over five years, you better put it on your premier network. You know what I'm saying? Well, the two rules of thought there. There's that one, and I would. that's what I would do. Or, if you've just started two networks about a year and a half ago, FS1 and FS2, do you anchor it there to build viewership and then run promos for your shows? Like, Speak for Yourself is on that, Colin Coward Show is on that. Do you, do you anchor it to drive viewership to help stabilize those channels? It's funny, um, WWE started getting covered on ESPN, I don't know, four or five years ago when Jonathan Coachman started working there. They started working together. Issue. Well, it didn't make sense to me. I mean, if you're going to be ESPN and, and, and at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is we are where you co-check in for competition where you go check in whether it's MMA whether it's basketball whether it's you know log rolling or or, or spelling bees this is competition where it's like this is really what it is here log rolling I like well, it. I mean like I, I you know people are always like oh, I can't believe they play that on ESPN and to me it's like well if that, that's okay well, I don't, where does it go then? right I don't have, I don't have a problem with it being yeah. on ESPN three at two o'clock in the morning that's fine like um but to to start marrying those worlds of ESPN and WWE and then Fox Sports and WWE that cheapens that Fox Sports brand to me. And I love pro wrestling, bro. Like, I, I'm wearing a John Cena shirt right now! And I love pro wrestling, but like, I I think that would be a mistake from them from that perspective, and I think it would be a mistake from them, because what other show is getting $200 million a year to produce? You can't tell me they're not, they're, are they giving Roseanne $200 million over the course of a season to get all that done? I don't think so. I can't imagine that I, can, right. I can't imagine that. To, that's the budget for shows like that. So, like, right. so if you're going to put those shows in your premier places, if you're going to spend $200 million a year on it just to have it, I, I, I got to imagine you're going to want that on Fox where you're going to get higher higher buy rates, you're going to get more advertisers, you're going to have the ability to you know promote that to Pepsi or, or Coke or whoever the hell you're doing business with. Well, yeah, your viewers might not have FS1. They may um, not have FS2. And the cable thing, WWE consistently ranks towards the top of cable. Now, cable and broadcast, two different things you're talking about. But this past week, um, NBA playoffs on TNT had 4.6 million people watching it. WWE came in second, third, fourth, and fifth with 3.1, 3.1, 3.3. Like, so you know what I'm saying? So like, they're consistently near the top of the pops already when it comes to cable. If you want to grow that, dude, you got to go put it on broadcast. I would agree with that. That, that is absolutely true. It, do the ESPN things are very interesting because they were resistant to the UFC. Like yeah. They would not do it. They would not. They wouldn't go anywhere near it. Fox did. And then ESPN started talking wrestling. Fox went all in on UFC. And now Fox lost the UFC to ESPN, the network that was resistant on doing it in the first place. Actually, ESPN just signed Ariel Helwani, who is like the UFC like insider. Like if you read his blog, you watch him. Like, dude, Ariel, dude, he, that guy's on his UFC game. And so, like, that's very interesting because ESPN was resistant to the UFC. They did not. They were staunch. They didn't want anything to do with it. They thought it was too barbaric. I was going to say, I think that was at the, during the era of, like, well, it's human cockfighting. You know what I mean? And, like, I guess, you know, 25 years ago, UFC was a little bit different before weight classes and things like that. But, yeah, it was way too, they, they spent way too long on that hill of, like, no, we're not covering it. We're not covering it. We're way not covering long. it. Yeah, they, they definitely would have been better there. It's just interesting to see how, like... 
you know, like you said, like Fox Fox went down and they're like, all right, well, man, we're doing UFC. We're doing UFC on Fox, you know, Friday nights or whatever. They and were the, all in. And now they're doubling down on combat sports. It's just like maybe maybe a good era for this. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of wrestling fans are like, it's the worst era of wrestling of all time. And like, apparently not, dude. Like, dude, all time record. Where are record. you on that? Dude, I think, uh, number one, it's the best in-ring performance that has existed ever. These guys are just more athletic, stronger, bigger, faster. Like every other sport. Like every other sport. We under, like, they understand the sport better. They understand the, you know. How not to get hurt uh, Right, how to do it better. Um, I, I mean, is there issues? Sure. But I think it's a pretty good time to be a wrestling fan. I don't complain. Nobody I watch kneeling like, during that. I watch like nine hours of it a week. So, like, yeah, I Jeez, like wrestling. really? I don't know. And I fast forward through a lot. I don't pay attention to a lot. But, I mean, three hours of Raw, two hours hours of SmackDown. You got a couple other things that might happen over the course of the week you're interested in. So, yeah, I mean, it eats up a lot of time. Interesting. SmackDown's coming here, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Smackdown. not interesting. I, I just, did, did, you ever notice, if you really listen to the show all the time, anytime I say that to Phantom, as we're wrapping up the subject, it means, God, I wish I didn't have to listen to all that. July 14th, uh, SmackDown Live will take over the Canton Civic Center. You excited? Uh, tickets available Friday. Of course, I'm excited, dude. I've already got myself. I've already got myself my hookups at the Canton Civic Center. I've already got myself some ringsides taken care of right there. So, uh, you know, yeah, of course, your boy's excited. I'm sure you and Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Mike Clark from the Canton Charge, baby, it's going down. All right, let's send some of you to see SmackDown so that maybe one of you can punch Fantone in public. Ringside seats here. Oh, yeah, that's right. These are ringsides, yep. Ringside seats for WWE. Again, that show, July 14th, Canton Civic Center. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Parents, if you have an adult child at your house and can't get them to move out, I've got help for you. That's next on Rock 106.9. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show. In summertime, it is officially upon us. And let me tell you something, no matter what you have planned for this summer, whether it's going camping, going out on the beach, maybe out on the boat, going swimming, whatever you want to do for summertime, it's nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 at 810. Also, 830, we'll get you hooked up with Coheed and Cambria tickets. That show, July 29th, Jacob's Pavilion. And then 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New J-Lo, new Sam Hunt, new Nine Inch Nails, all part of that. Can't wait. I had jokingly said uh, for huge stretches of my life that I had a failure to launch type thing going on with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was true for a long time. I was just kind of drifting, right? Now, I left my parents' house early. It was like 18. I got right out, and then I had to go back. And I moved out and back in a couple of different times. It's a pretty common story. Yeah. And then the last time I went back, I stayed way too long. Ooh, got stuck there. Huh? Yeah, I got stuck there. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to stay or save some money. And then next thing you know, it's like, no, you're not. You're just like, dude, you're freeloading, right? And as much credit as I give my parents for raising me properly in my you know, early years, that they were probably not strict enough, not staunch enough, probably didn't do a good enough job of being like, dude, get the hell out of my house. What are right. you still doing here? Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, plenty of people have that story, um, especially, I mean, dude, it's, you know, radio is a little bit unique in the sense of like, it's a very unstable industry and you're going to, yeah, you're going to eventually lose a job or something like that. And it's, it's hard. You don't really have much other option there of like, well, I can go live on the streets. 
Or I can go live with mom and dad or again. Mom and, dad. <laughs> and it's like, well, dude, they're not doing, you know, they're, they're not buying groceries out on the streets for me. More and more um, adult children are staying at home, living at, you know, living with their parents. And, you know, I, you know, back in the day, people used to live together forever. I right. mean, you know what I mean? So who know? I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. But I know that this family in New York is tired of their 30-year-old son living in, in their house. Okay. They're done with it. Right? They started, excuse me, with a couple of handwritten notes back in February. Said, dude, you got to get out in 14 days. Two weeks, right? Put a number on it there. Yeah. Okay. He got another note on March 15th that said, you are hereby evicted. Wow. You didn't hear by that's official, dude. Yeah. You know that's like a contract or something. Wrote that with the quill there. <laughs> in March, they gave him another note that said uh, they have seen absolutely no indication that you were preparing to leave. Okay? So these notes not working. Not inspiring the action. Right. So they filed legitimate court documents to have the case be heard by the Supreme Court of the New York State. The filing state that the couple has been told they cannot evict Michael since he's a family member and he will have to be removed through injectment proceeding. I didn't know you couldn't kick out a family member. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I understand you can't kick your 14-year-old kid out. You know what I mean? Because they're under the age of 18. I can't throw an 18-year-old kid out of my house. I was going to say, I mean, what if my cousin comes over and just won't leave? Won't leave. Like, what would I do then? So, Because this is where, where I'm at. So they, they're taking this to court. They're trying to get this kid to move out of his house. So this is... Let me just tell you, this was Harold Dean Stansbury's house. Okay. Now, he didn't because my mom wouldn't let him. But my dad, this is who Dean was. Sue, I'm going to the hardware store. I'm getting new locks for the doors. When he comes home, he just won't be able to get in. We're done. Yeah. That was my dad. Now, my mom was a little soft, like, Dean, we can't. I mean, he's our son, and he's doing his best, even though, no, I wasn't. Not even close. I was laying around doing (laughs) drugs, hanging out with my loser friends, not looking for work. It wasn't even even close to my best. I'll tell you the personal best I was getting done. Boxes of cereal eating a day. That was like the personal best. That was the belt I was putting around this wide-ass waist all day. I was legitimately not doing anything. So why can't you just change the locks of your house and tell your adult son, 30 for Christ's sake, get out? I guess you're getting into, I mean, like, this is this feels like to me like almost like squatter's rights here where it's like this person has lived here for so long. Are you able to just boot them like that? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, apparently not. Yeah. I mean, I, and I guess once this goes through the, the through the courts, I mean, to me, yes, you should 100 percent be able to do this. You should be able to tell your child like, no, dude, it's time to go. And like what what a what a what a punch in the face that should be to you. Like what a what a what a terrible feeling in the pit of your stomach that should be where you've done so poorly at life that your parents are like, no, dude, you have to go. There were times like, you know, in between losing radio jobs, like there were times I would move back home and I can remember my mom being like, listen, idiot, you're, you know, you're going out drinking all the time and, you know, I, you know, you're not, you're not doing your best here, but it was never to the point of like, dude, you've been here for 10 years. You've done absolutely nothing. Like you've got to get your, your, like what a failure you are. Yeah. I mean, I had that once. Like I remember coming Coming home late one night, and when I was still living with my parents, and way late in my life, like way too late, late twenties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now this was a temporary thing, or how long have we been here at this point? I, don't know. I mean, dude, honestly, I don't even remember. I mean, dude, long time. Okay. Like long time. Like, okay. Again, I would go and then come back or go come back. Years at yeah. this point. Yeah, I was back years <laughs> at this point. Yeah, two probably. Okay. And I remember I came in and I heard my parents having the conversation. And my, and my my and my dad and again this is who my dad my dad was very matter of fact 
And he said, Sue, this is what you got to understand about your son. He's smart, but he's not all that motivated. We raised a loser, Sue. And <laughs> I just like hear it coming. From, I can hear it coming from the bedroom. And dude, he was like, This is what I've been telling you for 30 years about this kid, Sue. We were too soft. We have created too much of a, a, of a comfortable situation. There was not enough struggle in his life where he just assumes this is the way this is going to be. And he was right about it. He was absolutely right. And like, dude, my mom, honestly, now again, it's maternal. It's like it wasn't evil or anything, but like she was just a little resistant to it. It, it you know obviously circumstances are going to depend on, on how this is all happening because if it's like hey something bad happened i got divorced and i need to come back and move in for six months just so i can get my financial ducks in a row but at what point i guess you as a parent like at, at what point do you look at your child and say like okay, I'd rather have you go be homeless. Because at this point, if you are saying like, yo, you've got two weeks to get out of here, you've got no time to get out of here, that kid obviously doesn't have an apartment set up. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, right. you know what I mean? So it's like, if I if I lock the doors to you and I say, no, you can't, I mean, am I making my child homeless at that point? Like, Well, I, I think you're making a 30-year-old adult homeless at that point. I mean, is it still your child? Yes, you. they are your child no matter what. But they're no longer technically your responsibility, right? I just think that a lot of parents, even even at this point where it's like your kid's 28, 29, 30 years old, to say like, yo, I got nowhere else to go. I'm going to go live in my car right well, now. Well, let's make it health insurance. Are they are they forcing their kid not to have health insurance if they're not going to pay for his plan? I mean, at some point, dude, you're responsible for you, yes, right? Yes, 100%. This, the, the kid's making the decision, but at the end of the day, by locking that door... You're going. You as a parent are going to internalize that as I am locking the door to my child who has nowhere to go. I would look at this honestly, and this is the way my parents should have done it: is I would look at a kid who will not get out of your house and kid adult who will yeah. not get out. Adult, you're thirty. Right. I would look at an adult child who would not get out of your house, much like I would look at like a drug problem. Bro, if you ain't ready to hit your bottom, we're bringing the bottom to you. Here's your boxes. I'm throwing them out the front door. Sink or swim, bitch. Figure it out. It's America, dude. You get there's this the land of opportunity. I'm constantly told, find a job, get out of my house. You're shot at a thousand dollars right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We uh, have a thousand dollars to pass out. We'll do that here momentarily. And then coming up at 9 o'clock, it's uh, New Tour Tuesday, New J-Lo featuring Cardi B and DJ Khaled. That song's called Dinero. New Sam Hunt, Downtown's Dead. And then we'll also play you the new Nine Inch Nails, God Break Down the Door. Can't wait to hear that new Nine Inch Nails. Big fan of that band. So, uh, not that that anybody would keep track, but for those of you uh, keeping track at home, it's been about 31 pounds total I've lost recently. Um, over a couple of months, it's hard. You know, people ask me all the time, how'd you do it? And, uh, it's hard. What I'll tell you is it's about 1800 calories a day. It's a gallon of water a day. Um, and it's working out about four times a week and there's no shortcut. And that's what I love about it is that I can't pay to have it. You can pay somebody to clean your house, but I feel like life gives you very few opportunities for real accomplishment anymore. As a matter of fact, I talked about this the other day. Most of you at your jobs, your boss doesn't want you accomplishing anything because then you would be valuable. He'd have to pay you more. And then he couldn't threaten you with your job to replace you as easily as they can. That's why they don't want you to have a ton of accomplishment at work. They want to keep you right where you are. You keep being that cog in that machine. 
That's where they like you, right? Life does not give us the opportunity for real achievement or not as much as it used to. And what I like about this is that nobody can do it for you. You have to do it. So it does feel like accomplishment. But I'm reading this article at Men's Health that talks about why some people are gaining weight, why some people are fat. And it's not just what you eat, although that is most of it. Any good nutritionist will tell you that losing weight is 90% diet. That's not hyperbole. That's fact. It is 90% what you are putting in your body. Okay? But it's not just what you're putting in your body. It's also how you're doing it. Okay, this do, this will play a factor, and this definitely played a factor on my weight problems that I've had my entire life. And that is, if you eat too fast, you were three times as likely to be obese and have health problems. Eating quickly makes you gain more weight, and here's why. It's also the same reason why 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 dietitians will tell you that when you eat meals, to shut the TV off, because what's happening is you're having sensory overload. If you eat too fast. You're not even tasting it, really. If you slow down and you do nothing else except for maybe conversation with somebody else, but you're not watching TV and you focus on your meals and you slow down and and, and you savor the bites, you A, end up enjoying it more, you get full and you end up eating less. When you just keep shoving it in there, your brain doesn't have enough time to figure out what's even going on. And before you know it, you ate three servings of food. Yeah, I think that happens pretty frequently with people, the mindless eating. And I think, you know, like you said, television, I think behind the wheel, that's very easy to oh, do. Oh, sure. I didn't like, even think of it. Yeah. But when you are going to wolf something down while you're driving down Tusk, you're not you're not thinking about it at all. I mean, I guess you shouldn't be eating. Are you thinking about it? Because, right. dude, you got to stop. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is but this was a big one for me. Like I had to do this. And as a matter of fact, like now, like, again, I try not to eat when I'm watching TV. I try to now I, again, I'm human. So, you know, I fail too. but like I, I legitimately that's a big part of it for me. This is the other thing is like people talk about meal prep, meal prep, meal prep. Right now, what I will tell you is, is for about 85 percent of the people out there, meal prep's probably the way to go. But it really works against me. Because what happens there, and if you make all your meals on Sunday, you partition them out, you put them in their nice little containers, and Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday's meals are all ready to go, I end up eating them all on Sunday night. And <laughs> seriously, it's just what happens. Because I know, I'm like, well, that's only 300 calories, but if you eat seven of them, what's the difference? You might as well, right? And what I have found is that if, now I have a bunch of free time in my day, and most people don't, and that's right. why meal prep's super important. But for me and my schedule, I find that if I actually go home, I also find when you meal prep, a lot of times, dude, you eat something three days later, you heat it up, it's all dried out, doesn't really taste good, and you end up breaking, and that's what sends you through the drive-thru, right? But Or at least it would for me, not everybody. But I find that when I go home and I actually make my meals, that I that – I, this seems like the wrong word, but like I respect them more on some level. Like I like I enjoy them more on some level where it's like it's fresh. It's just made. I'm I, I'm thinking about it. And then I just sit there and I kind of reflect on my day and eat without the TV on. I eat a little slower and sure enough, I get full faster. I think like you said, though, a lot of people don't have that option they don't available have that luxury. To, you, to them. Um, I know there's like, you know, services within within the area that do like, you know, you can order all your meals here and we'll, you know, cook you these foods and these, you know, you can decide if you want low carb or whatever it is and they'll do it for you but I mean like you said kind of at the beginning of all this is that like at the end of the day you've got to take some sort of responsibility of like well this is my life this is my body this is my weight so like you you know you can you can buy a meal prep service and you can buy a total gym and you could buy a treadmill but until you start using them it's not really going to matter there's no wishing wishing will never get it done you got to put the work in 
You have got to put the work in. And the gym's important, but again, it's you could legitimately, if you just changed your diet and never picked up a weight, you would still lose weight. Yo, yeah, I mean, if if all if all you're trying to do is lose weight, 100, percent like then, then 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 you know what you kind of have to do there. It's tough for people though, and people, I mean, a million different excuses. Look who dude. you're telling. 100, <laughs> percent I mean, and like, the, you know, you've brought up, and I don't I don't want to say this excuse, but like certainly before you started this endeavor, it was, well, Fantone, I you got to eat, therefore that's that's the end of the argument, and it's like, well, yeah, but you could leave a bite, you could leave two bites behind, you could leave three bites behind. Well, it's expensive, and I'm like, all right, well, you know. Oh, I get you. Yeah, but you don't have to eat that. Right, like You exactly. have to eat something, but you don't necessarily have to eat that. But the eating fast thing for me was totally, that totally yeah. led to it. Like, like, and it's been my whole life. I remember it was like, I don't know, eight, maybe nine, ten, maybe ten, somewhere in that area, right? And I went to dinner with like, you know when you go to dinner with your friends and their family? Right. And I remember we went to like some pizza place. And I got done. And I was like looking around the table and I was like, oh, this isn't a race. And remember, it was actually during the run of this show. Oh yeah, where I was, um, I, I I was eating in a restaurant next to two women, and one of them said, "Oh my God, did you see that?" Because of how fast I was woofing this burrito down, and the woman who had her back to me said, "No, my back's to him, but I could hear it." And I was just like, "Oh Christ!" I had never been more embarrassed in my entire life. And until he ordered something else, and until, he was like, "You know, give me some more of that." Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've been doing pretty good with it um, recently, it, but it is hard for people. Like it, people who tell you it's not hard, they're lying to you. It is very difficult, but all things worth it are. There's something though that is very. What do I want to say here? Impressive? I mean, like, or, or like, I don't know. There's something like, almost like when you eat fast, there is something that's like, oh my God, dude, did you see me house that? Like, I, yeah. there's something to it. I mean, I have competitor, you know, I have competitive eating like speed. Like if I really want to do it, like it's crazy how fast I can eat things. And you know what? It, it, somebody said to me once, it's like, dude, the amount of bites that you take, like a friend of mine said to me the one time, he's like, dude, you don't bite anything. You deep throat everything you eat. <laughs> that should have been enough right there. That should have been, that should have been the, like the, the, the rock bottom right there. You're shot at a thousand dollars right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock. 1069. 1069. As a coach because of his competitive spirit. Taps inside the low, finds Thompson. Thompson gathers and throws it down. Good patience there by the Cavs. 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 Good will be tomorrow night back at Boston. Interesting to see what happens in this series. I think now that you let LeBron back in it, going to be hard to get him out of it now. A little hard to get him out of your head now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like there's a little bit of like, man, we got you. We got you. We got you. Whoops. No, you don't. <laughs> and no you don't. No we don't. Um, you know, the thing I'm going to say though is that you had great performances by a lot of role players in the past two games. Obviously last night Kyle Korver just had an unbelievable game. Um, and Tristan Thompson played huge too. It's going to be interesting to see if those dudes along with George Hill and the others can like make it happen in, on Boston's court. Yeah, I, uh, it, it so far it's been uh, home court advantage has uh, has played heavily in this series. You've brought up home court advantage a couple times, and it's definitely interesting to think that like 
It seemed probably, like it was this late last year, too. Probably 85 to 90% of the time, home court wins. So it goes to show you how special and important those on-the-road victories are when you get one. I would like to see numbers over the last decade on whether or not that's increased or not. and Because it seems like it's happening more now. And it, it definitely goes to show you the NBA regular season, not as inconsequential as people think it to be, where it's like, dude, who cares, whatever, blah, blah, blah. If the Cavs were, you know, in a better position right now, if they were the number two seed instead of Boston, how different would this series be? Well, that's about the players having to care more about the regular season, not the fans. I think people are watching oh, games, yeah, going yeah, to games. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. players need to do a better, a better job of that. But yes, I do agree with Everyone, that. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. And I don't know if this is just nostalgia creeping in or what. But when Michael went on the road, I never thought he couldn't win it because he wasn't at home. So I don't know what the numbers are. I know that was the way it felt. Like, you never felt like, oh, my God, Michael's got to go to Utah. Yeah, I don't know if he can win in Utah. Like, he'd get it done. I, there's some revisionist history there. There's, I think so. There's no question about it. I mean, obviously, the shot happened in Cleveland, so it's not necessarily, you know. But, yes, you, you, I understand why you look back and you think that. I would be interested to, interested to see, like, when he did lose in the playoffs, which was. Where was it? Where was it? And what happened? Often? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'd be interested because it just, I don't know if I'm just Johnny come lately with the NBA where it's like, God, it feels like, dude, you can almost bank outside of Toronto. You can bank on teams winning on their home court. And I don't know if that's great for the, I don't know what it says. Another thing that's going on this week, um, that I'm pretty, that I was excited about now, not so much. And now that I'm reading this, honestly, I might, I can't say I'm going to be out because I'm just never going to be out, but this is really starting to get really annoying with Disney now. Okay. Solo's coming out this week. Okay. Comes out on Friday. Before we get to what the guy who wrote this movie said, which makes me honestly not really want to watch it, there's this new thing that's going on where people are getting to see this movie early. Like my buddy in Cincinnati actually got to go yesterday. And people are starting this rumor that Chewbacca dies in this movie. Oh, no. In the solo movie. Sad, dude. And Star Wars fans are freaking out online about it. Well, nobody wants a spoiler, dude. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to know that. He's in the 10 movies that come after this. Ah, son of a bitch. How are Star Wars fans <laughs> getting duped by that? People are idiots. You're a bunch of morons. The guy's in 10 movies, or the Wookiee is in 10 movies. But here's what's going on. The guy who wrote Solo, a Star Wars story, Jonathan Kasdan. Was talking about Lando Calrissian, going to be played by Donald Glover in this movie. And of course, because we're all obsessed with this now, and what are characters, and what are they, and what's this? Lawrence Kasdan says, yeah, Lando Calrissian is a pansexual. Okay. Now, pansexual, for those of you that don't know, the definition... From the dictionary is not limited in sexual choice with regard to biological sex, gender, or gender identity. Meaning everybody take their clothes off and I'm banging anybody I can get my hands on. Okay. Pansexual. Okay. All right. There's, I'm sure people out there that are like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I can buy that. He says, I could not implement my full vision to have an explicit LGBT character in the movie. Now, why would you need one? And now, not that there's not, not, I'm like, what are they, they're dragging the standards of my country down. That's not what I'm saying. But why do we got to slam this in where it doesn't have to be in? You see what I'm saying? Like some of these conservative people who worry that like, there's the, like an agenda. 
Like, this does, that. he's basically telling you, I had an agenda and wasn't able to do it. But there is an agenda in Hollywood to shove this stuff down our throats right now. What, where, where is this untrue to the character? Well, we'll get there okay. in a second. But Lawrence went on to say there's fluidity to Donald and Billy Dee's portrayal of Lando. He says, I mean, I would have loved to have gotten a more explicit LGBT character into this movie. I think it's time, certainly, for that. And I love the fluidity, sort of the spectrum of sexuality that Donald appeals to and that droids are a part of. Oh, having he sex with droids, too. Says here, he doesn't make any hard, fast rules. I think it's fun, Kasdan said. I don't know where it will go. He indicated that the movie will drop hints about sexuality in Star Wars universe and how it differs or how it differs from the world. Now, I guess Donald Glover has come out and says, how would you not be sexually fluid in space? I mean, like, if you're banging droids and you're banging aliens, right? Sure. Now, here's what I will tell you. Is Donald Glover's Lando pansexual? Yeah, because welcome to 2018 and all things for all people and 0.4% of today's society needs a representative in all nerd movies. 0.4, right? And they all need their own representative now. But you go back and you watch Empire Strikes Back and tell me Lando's pansexual. Remember? You remember when the Millennium Falcon lands in Cloud City? You remember that? Lando comes walking out the door. What happens? Gate comes down on the Falcon and out walks Chewie, Han, and who else? Princess Leia. Where were Billy D's eyes? Where were they? All over Princess Leia. Barely pays attention to Han and Chewie. Takes, to, as a matter of fact, takes Princess Leia by the hand and starts walking away from the other two, basically telling Han, you better better clamp down your woman, bro, because I'm on the hunt. Is is that so, is that pansexual? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if she's the most attractive out of those three. I mean, I guess Han Solo, pretty good looking dude, right? So my point being is, in 1980, nobody thought about pansexuals. Billy D. Williams' character wasn't a pan... Nobody even thought about pansexual in 1980. This is a total perversion of what this is. And there's an obsession with it, and it is starting to get a little annoying. So you think Billy D. Williams... Orlando Calrissian was 100% heterosexual. For sure. Okay. For sure. You can tell by the way he talks to Leia. As a matter of fact, the first time you see that movie, you're like, ooh, dude, Han's about to lose his broad. That's exactly any, what you think. Any any truth to like, well, there was a lot of things in sexuality of Star Wars where like Luke and Leia initially were going to bang it out, but then it turned into something different. Yeah, and like, I think that that was George Lucas lying about how many of those movies he had written right away and this and that, and then went, oh God, that's right, I forgot I did that, but the story makes more sense if we do this, so hopefully nerds will just forget about that and look past it. That's what I think that was, is that I think that the guy lied about how much of that stuff he had written when he had it written. There is an obsession with, with, there is a little bit of an obsession about like making sure we get this in here. And part of it is, is part of it is an obsession to make sure like from these guys who want to be equal. But part of, part of the obsession is, is making sure Twitter can't demean you for having not done it. Do you think that this portrayal will take away from the movie? No. No. And I also think more so that I think had they not said anything about it, you might have not noticed it. So with that being said. So why say it? I mean, like, with that being said, though, it's like, well, why get upset about it? I'm like, not upset. Dude, I don't think I'm... Dude, I'm not upset about the fact that they're going to move things around. All I'm saying is is to tell me Billy D. Williams' character was pansexual is a flat-out lie. That is a lie. What you're trying to do, then, is make me feel and make other people feel okay about what you're doing in this movie. Make Star Wars movies. If you want to... Dude, if you want to make Brokeback Mountain, then make it. 
right? Remake it. One of the guys dead, time to remake it. But if you want to make Star Wars movies, make those. I could make the argument, what is sex doing in Star Wars? Uh, do you ask that about Han Solo and Leia? Yeah, because sex isn't a part of it. They kissed. Sex isn't a part of it. Kissing isn't sex, right? Because if you catch your seven, if you catch your kids in seventh grade kissing, you don't look at it like sex. No, but they don't show Donald Glover like having anal sex with somebody, right? Right. So why do we have to get into his sexuality at all? You see what I'm saying? Why do we got to take Billy D? As a matter of fact, do this. Go ask Billy D. Williams whether or not he thought he was playing a pansexual. You know what's going to happen then? Billy D. is going to give you a Colt 45 right across the face. That's what's going to happen because he was from a different generation where you didn't do this. Billy D. Williams wasn't playing a pansexual. This is something that is happening in this section of years. And in like 10 years, we're all going to laugh about how we try to cram all this stuff in entertainment because we'll be on to the new hip thing that we're trying to tell everybody is going on in much more huge numbers than it is. I'll remind you, I will remind you that 0.4% of the population, I believe worldwide, is transsexual. 0.4. There is a little bit of an agenda here, and I always like to mock people who bitch about this stuff, but it's like you turn around and here it is. This guy's telling you, yeah, I wanted to cram more of it in here, but we couldn't figure out how to do it. Just, dude, just make Star Wars movies. Why does every movie coming out now have to be designed around making me a better, more open, more accepting person. Why can't I just watch spaceships blow up and watch a Wookiee shoot things? Why do I got to be dragged into this world of acceptance now in order to enjoy a Star Wars movie? Dude, you combine this with The Last Jedi being a total S-show, and yeah, I think Deadpool's going to run away with this. I think they're going to run away with the movie. Dude, you gotta stop forcing this stuff down people's throats. It's an ab- I don't want to call it an abomination, because you do need representations of other things in movies, so everybody can kind of see a character that they can relate to. So you want to make Donald Glover a pansexual? That's fine. But trying to lie to me and tell me Billy D. Williams was pretending to be something we didn't even have then? We didn't even have the name then! It wasn't even a thing yet. Don't go backwards and try to tell me Billy D. Williams was always fluid. Again, you watch that scene when they lay down in Cloud City. He pays attention to nothing. Takes Leia by the hand and you're like, ooh, dude, Han's about to lose his broad right now. That's exactly what you thought. Because Billy D. came out all slick, smooth, pimp-like. Had that pimp hand strong, bro. You knew it. Billy D. was about the women. Nothing else. Quit lying so you can make this new movie and make it seem like, oh, no, we're not really doing anything different. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And it's starting to get a little annoying. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. And we're passing out Coheed and Cambria tickets momentarily. We'll also start New Tour Tuesday at 9 o'clock. You're getting new J-Lo, new Cardi B, new DJ Khaled. They're all together there for the song called Dinero. New Sam Hunt, Downtown's Dead, and also new Nine Inch Nails. God, break down the door. Can't wait to hear that one. I uh, I have somebody in my DMs telling me I'm alt-right. I'm alt-right because I don't believe Billy D. Williams was playing Lando Calrissian as a pansexual in 1980. I, uh, I don't think that makes me alt-right. I also think you've heard the term alt-right so many times via Facebook and Twitter that you're just throwing at anybody who disagrees with you. I, I, as a matter of fact, somebody needs to tell me what the definition of alt-right is. I'm not right of anything. Most people who listen tell me I'm too left. 
it's just amazing, dude. The minute you disagree with somebody, dude, it's just like you you must be this. It, it's just, it's crazy. We can disagree, and it doesn't have to go to insults. It doesn't have to go to y- you're awful. I just don't believe in 1980 that Lando Calrissian was a pansexual. Maybe I mean I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Do you believe that like, and I think we've talked about this with like 80s rock stars before of like, you've banged so many chicks, you've had so much sex that it's like, yeah, that I'm going to have to bang something else. I'm going to have to go bang a tree or something like that. Yeah, but I don't believe a fictional character that never banged anybody would have to. Okay. It was written with a pen by George Lucas in 1977, 78, whatever it was. And I don't think George Lucas was like, you know what? Yeah, this is what it is. And we'll undertone it and we won't address it ever in the movie. If Landau came out in this movie and had a girlfriend, would you have an issue? A little because he was always played as a ladies' man. Like, Lando, you kind of felt like, dude, if he, Han, and Chewie were all hanging out, that Lando's the one pulling all the ass down. And that, dude, if they went into the cantina, you just feel like Lando would be like, yeah. It just, dude, he... I don't know, man. They played him as a ladies' man. So you do think he has some level of sexuality to him? He definitely... That was my whole argument, is that when when Leia steps off the Falcon, he is into Leia, meaning he likes chicks. Right? If he was pansexual, he'd have been like, ooh, Chewie's here. Let me grab him in the crotch. Nope. He took Leia right by the hand was like, you two bums, I'll see you later. You beautiful lady, follow me. Meaning what? Lando was down with the women. He liked women. It was okay. In 1980, it was okay if you were a man and only liked women. Now, that might make you alt-right or awful or secretly homophobic in 2018. That's because you all have lost your goddamn minds. In 1980, there was no pansexuals in movies, or at least not in Star Wars movies. I don't know what the hell you people are thinking. Like, legitimately, that makes zero, zero sense to me. But again, people are just throwing alt-right at me. And I, and, and I asked this person. I wrote back. And I said to her, I said, give me the definition of alt-right. She hasn't done it yet. You know why? Because she's heard it, hurled at other people she disagrees with. And she goes, oh, this must be what Stansbury is, too. Which is ridiculous. Again, dude, somebody get Billy D. Williams on the horn. Dude, line him up. What's he doing? Probably not doing a whole lot. Is he still alive? I don't know. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Billy D. Williams might not be alive. I honestly don't know. But I'm willing to bet, alive or dead, we could dig him up. He's going to tell you that I'm going to do this is who Billy D. Williams was back in the day. Such a ladies woman, the whole Colt 45, the whole thing. I'm willing to bet Billy D. Williams would have told you, wouldn't have taken the role. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I'm willing to bet that would have went down. Your shot at $1,000 and New Tour Tuesday is next. However, before we head there, let's uh, hook you up with these Coheed and Cambria tickets. That's uh, July 29th, Jacob's Pavilion. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. New Tour Tuesday next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Fantone from The Stansberry Show. In summertime, it is officially upon us. And let me tell you something. No matter what you have planned for this summer, whether it's going camping, going out on the beach, maybe out on the boat, going swimming, whatever you want to do for summertime fun, it is going to be a lot easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. Which is why I want you to talk to the good people at the Roholt Vision Institute. They're the people who did my LASIK surgery two years ago, man, and I am still seeing 2020 crystal clear, you could be doing the same. Now, if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have a ton of questions, which is why they have so much information available to you at RoholtVision.com. You can check out the financing options, take the self-evaluation test, see if you're a good candidate for LASIK, find out everything you need to know. I repeat that website. Go visit it today. It is RoholtVision.com. Why are we forcing intricate complex and a little bit in, in different sexual ideas into children's movies. 
I await your answer on that. It can't be both. It can't be there for kids and we got to have, you know, intricate sex stories in them. It can't be both. Right? That's what I thought. All right, moving forward to New Tour Tuesday. Uh, we have new J-Lo, Cardi B, and DJ Khaled here. The name of this song is called De Nero. Me and Benjamin Franco stay at the Franco. Getting checks like Nike everywhere that I go. You ain't getting no back, so guess that's a Now, hold on one second. Wouldn't I get checks everywhere I be be better? Like, <laughs> wouldn't you write I be after Nike versus Nike and then I go? Sorry, I don't mean to like I don't mean to too fine tooth comb it there, but uh, I believe that was Cardi B there, and that was not great. Me and Benjamin Franco stay at the Franco, getting checks like Nike. That's not Cardi B. It's not. No. You ain't getting no pesos. Que estás haciendo? J Lo. There's Kellen. Another one. Me and my man, we stack it up to the ceiling. More money. Cállate la boca, let me finish. More money. Every day I'm alive, I make a killer. Let's get it. Yes, where I'm gonna get it. Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Cool yo beat. Quiero, quiero dinero. I just want the green, want the money, want the cash flow. Yo quiero la venta, si, cincuenta, si, lo siento. Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Somewhere that lawyer in New York's losing his mind over this song. With all of They say money talk, but man talking bilingual. I should be careful because I don't do singles in love with the money, so no need to mingle. I know a lot of dudes are like, you know, what do I want to say? Like Hispanic women is like their thing. You know, that's like their and it's never in particularly been mine. But Jennifer Lopez, good Lord, man. She just sounds hot. Like everything about her is just like, oh, my God. Isn't she like 50 now? Yeah. Old as hell and still smoking. I mean, dude. Yeah. You would still put her through the other end of the mattress for sure. I mean, I'd do my best. (laughs) Like I don't know if that would happen, but I'd try. Step your game up, dude. (laughs) With the money, so no need to mingle. Just back it up, hot talk, yeah, back it up. Holla at that if you acting up. You ain't got that, you can sit with us, yeah. I mean, she was kind of one of the people who started the butt revolution, right? Um. Okay, here, let's, all right. <laughs> let's Hold break on. down the butt revolution. <laughs> now you got my attention, right? All right, here we go. So, I would say... Sir Mix a lot. All right, it's a relay race, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. So I right, mean, here we are. The Ass Olympics. Okay. Right? <laughs> okay, here we Starting go. Starting pistol goes off, Mix a lot running. Okay. Right? And then hands the baton to J Lo. And then Kim Kardashian's over there, like, hold my beer. Just ready for it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's fair. I mean, it really that's the is. That's timeline. Um, you're right. I mean, like, she was kind of before, like, the big butt revolution. But I really do think she was, like, one of the women who kind of pushed it forward. Because it was Jennifer Lopez was one of these women where she was beautiful in her face as well. And so you, it, she was one of those women where you, it was men started to realize, oh. 
Oh, you can actually be really curvy and still be hot. Um, Joe Rogan talked about it recently, and he was talking about that Vita Guerrera chick. Remember yeah. her and yeah. how like she was like pushing butts, you know, pushing the limits of butts back before Instagram and like this whole like butt 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 revolution took over. So like I think J Lo and her definitely have 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 you know I don't know if I want to say well, J Lo we could put her butt on the Mount Rushmore of butts, right? The problem there is, <laughs> is that it's four faces of Rushmore, and you got two cheeks. <laughs> so, like, what are we doing there? Are we going left cheek, right cheek, both cheeks? What do we do there? When I collect unemployment, I'm actually telling the person at the window, here's what happened. Mount Buttmore. I did, a, I did Mount Assmore, and my boss was like, yeah, we don't need that. I do Cardi B bothers me. Really? Yeah. Why? And here's why. I hate how much I want to have sex with her because I find her to be really annoying. Like she's super annoying the way she talks. That gif of her, like when she's like, you know, eating that popcorn and bobbing her head yes to whatever's on the sideline. I think that's so dumb. I just, I find her to, like when she opens her mouth, it's like, oh my God, you are a moron. Like there literally is nothing behind those eyeballs. And yet she's sexy, dude. And so I want to have sex with her. It makes me judge myself. Look. I don't know if you knew this, Phantom, but I only sleep with Mensa candidates. I've oh. never slept with a dummy ever. Right, never, not once. Never once. not original or great or anything like that but there is something about her that i like something about her like i don't know i don't, I don't want to like it but there's something but about I it do. i'm like all right she's not the worst okay let's clear this up before okay. moving any forward okay at some point, we got to get Nicki Minaj on Mount Asmore, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we got to talk about like the influential level of your butt, though. Like, Nicki it's not Minaj just... was an influential ass? But, I mean, like, no, because at that point, the butt revolution had already started. Like, Kim Kardashian gets more credit for that. Now, if we're just talking about niceness of ass, I don't even know. I, I mean, then we're talking about a lot of different things we've got going on you here. You might have to get Amber Rose in there at that point. I was going to say, are we going to start throwing pornos in there? Are we going to start throwing uh, uh, Jen Selter or whatever her name is from Instagram? All those Instagram? chicks Rachel Starr be so a good now, pick. Right, yeah. So now, now we're really getting into it, but I think there has to be multi, multi-faceted approach here. It just can't be niceness of but the influential nature has to matter as well. Well, who the, I mean, who's being influenced? I feel like, dude, Rachel Starr influences <laughs> the crap out of me, dude. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah, black chick with a big ass. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. See what all about it. Oh. 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 Oh.
Well, here's what I'll tell you. If you just want the dinero, write a better song. And then you'll get it. Jesus. New J-Lo, Cardi B, and DJ Khaled de Nero. Oh, stack it up like Legos. There it is. Yeah, stack it up. Please be done. All right, there we go. Uh, Fanto, give me the vote there, buddy. Eh, it's half a turn. Um, not a terrible song. I mean, I like the beat of it. I thought that Cardi B was okay on it, but at the same time, nothing really great about it. If I hear it in the world, I'm going to be like, all right, it's on. But at the same time, I'll never like listen to that again. So I'm going to call it a halfer. We're going to disagree right out of the gate. I could not wait for that to be over. That song's a turd. It's a turd. We have new Sam Hunt for you. Downtown's dead. That's next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. You got two cheeks per, per ass there that even though it's four faces on, my, on Mount Rushmore, that I will give you four asses all-time Hall of Fame. Mount Rushmore tomorrow on the program. Unless I forget this afternoon to do it, <laughs> and then I scrape it together right before we do it. But I, uh, but I, 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 that will be hard for me because that's my thing. Like every guy's got their thing. Like do when I see a woman, this is how it works for me. It's really it's about hair first. I, if you have got nice hair, I'm in. I want to see the rest of it. And then, dude, I like hips and I like ass. It's just who I am. It's just what I'm about. So uh, I will actually have to spend a good portion of my day trying to figure that one out. Or doing anything else that adults should do. <laughs> or that. Uh, continuing with New Turd Tuesday, here's new Sam Hunt, Downtown's Dead. The city's so in style. All you see for miles of people spilling in and out of cars. Man, all of these bars are making a killing Everywhere I go Looks like a place to be I see people that I know But I feel like there's no one here but me Downtown's dead without you Girls walk by and friends say hi Sam Hunt out. I cannot figure this guy out. Okay. When he first hit the scene, I didn't really get it. But women went crazy for him. My thing was like, he doesn't even sing, kind of talks to you, this and that. But he's obviously a talented writer. I'm going to give you three smash hits in country music that Sam Hunt wrote that you might not know he wrote. Sam Hunt wrote Come Over for Kenny Chesney. Huge song. Sam Hunt wrote Cop Car for what's that guy's name? Jesus. I don't know. The guy that's married <laughs> the guy that's um uh, the guy that's married to Jesus, Nicole Kidman, whoever Keith that, Urban. Yeah, Keith Urban. Okay. He wrote Cop Car for Keith Urban and he wrote We Are Tonight for Billy Currington. All three huge songs. So the guy's got the pen, but when he does it, it just falls flat for me. 
You're right. He does kind of do this like sing talk thing, but like I mean, we've said about a million other you know singers. Like you don't necessarily have to be no, a great don't. singer to be a great singer. <laughs> I just, it seems to me like he is a great songwriter, not necessarily for me the performer. I understand why women like him. I do. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, I guess I get that. he's got the look for sure. Really good looking, but also there's something like charismatic about his voice that I can see why that draws you into like. It's not unappealing. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. He's probably a better singer than Luke Bryan. Yes, yes. I would give you that. The thing I'll say about that, and I'd say probably a better singer than Jason Aldean and a couple of those dudes, but like he he always just feels like Ed Sheeran on country radio to me. I where agree. at least Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean, maybe not my cup of tea country music, but still country music. Country music. I would agree with that. I mean, this could be Sean Menendez or whoever. You know whoever. what I'm saying? Pick one. Oh, a little bit of whistling. Why? Out here in the throes of loud house music, everything's a blur. I don't hear the words, but lips are moving. Tried to get involved, but I've about had enough. People wall to the wall. I'm just it up. You know what I'm starting to think? What is that? This system of listening to these songs for the first time live on the radio <laughs> might not be the best way to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Why, why is there a counter to the I hate downtown, I hate city living, I hate these types of bars and roads and stuff? Is there is there a song that says, like, yo, the country just sucks, man. I hate living in the country. Um, No. I, 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 I think it's because... They know their audience ain't never getting out. Bro, you're stuck in Minerva forever. Even, even <laughs> and like, they know it. Even like pro hood songs, like, you know, songs like where it's like you're embracing the, the, the hood mentality. You're not saying like, yo, F Bolivar. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, I'm proud of this. Where like, I feel like country music, it's not just like, hey, I'm proud of country because there is those songs, but it, there's also a yo, F city dwellers mentality. And I just don't get it. Like, I, I mean, I don't. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could be pro your thing without having to be anti the other thing. That's I would point? like to hope so, right? I mean, God, it's 2018. I feel like that's the fight we all have every day is like, well, I can be pro this, but not anti this, right? So I wonder if it's a little bit people move out of small towns, go to cities and realize, Jesus, what am I doing here? And go back to small towns. And maybe that's why. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. Strange. I'm just holding it up. Maybe that's why downtown's dead because it's Tuesday night, bro. Like everyone's gonna work tomorrow morning. Right. I don't know. Never been to Thursday, Tuesday. I've never, never been to that. No. That country or that that guitar is the most country thing that's happened in this song so far. Oh, and hating city dwellers too. Bright lights. What am I doing with my life? That's a good okay. question, Sam. What are we doing right now, dude? 
Ratchet is what this is called. See, I just think if you give this to somebody else, they might make it a hit. And we've got, like, like I said, I gave you three right down the middle. Now, they weren't all number one songs, but they were all really big songs for those artists. And I, so the guy's got the pen. It's just there's something between that and him doing it that falls flat. But he had that. What was the, what was that big hit for him? Oh, um, Take Your Time was a big hit for him. He's, your Body's Like a Back Road was, was a modern size hit. Oh, Body Like a Back Road? Uh, although, they, yeah, that ended up being a crossover. Yeah, so that, that ended up smash. being a pretty big hit. Um, what was the other one? Break Up in a Small Town. Actually, dude, he's had big hits. Yeah. I just didn't get them. Like, so it maybe, it, maybe it is just me. I'm calling it at night I'm crawling back to your bed Downtown's dead without you Girls walk by and friends say hi But Friday night it might as well be just enough Tuesday I also think, dude, that we're over-examining downtown. Okay. Like, when you live in a small town, like, I lived in a very, very, very small town in Oregon. 30,000 people, maybe, right? And they would call the center of town, well, I'm going downtown. Okay. All right. I was like, to the general store? (laughs) Like, Like, what the hell? There's no downtown here, you losers. Yeah, there, there is some point there. Like, downtown Cleveland, definitely different than downtown Wilmot. I get that. Yeah, there you go. I get there that. There Jesus. Keep it going. When the hell did Sam, Sam. turn into John Carpenter? Keep it going, Get into Sam. the editing booth, man. Keep it going, bro. We need more. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's new Sam Hunt, downtown's dead. Fantone, give me the break. Uh, <laughs> it's half a turn. I don't want to sit on the fence all day, but that song just felt very lukewarm to me. Nothing great about it, nothing terrible about it. I mean, country music will pick that up because why not? But I don't know. I'm going to call it a halfer. This one is going to come back and bite me hugely in the ass. I guarantee it. But that song is a turd. It's a turd. I I feel, I I know in like four months, people are going to be like, dude, this is the biggest song in the country and you called it a turd. But I just don't. Hear it. I didn't hear that song at all. New Nine Inch Nails. God Break Down the Door. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. It is America's fastest growing MMA promotion. Their next event, June 30th at the Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Featuring local and professional fights, Honor Fighting Championship, they give you the ultimate MMA experience. Tickets are still available, including ringside seats, but they are going quick. Don't get shut out of this. In the door. Not what I expected. Not out of the gate, you're right. What is this, like experimental jazz? Something like that. Like, I, hope not. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what do we have going on right now, dude? God, I hope not.
are you doing? What's going on? I'm paying my bills online. I'm doing it. There we go. not outside the realm of Trent Reznor. I think the word you're looking for is bad. <laughs> I think it's the one you're looking for. Yeah, not outside the realm of what he does, but like not what I expected, I guess. selling his tickets online because nobody's going to want them. Yeah, I mean, we're already deep into this song. Are we really? I mean, two minutes in almost. Jeez. Oh, come on, Trent. You were the man. You know what it might be, though, is that he's one of these guys that, I, I mean, and he is an artist. I said it earlier today, is that he's not a musician. Trent Reznor is an artist. That, dude, uh, some of his stuff is meant to be like the wall, right? It's kind of meant to be like consume it all. And then it kind of makes sense, although I don't like records like that. I like, was going to say. If I can't skip around in the album and think things are good, then you missed your mark, is my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if that's if if that's the world you want to live in, is, you know, you do all, you know... Uh, it tells a story throughout the entire album, and I mean, I guess like it's your, you know, your your prerogative to do so. But like, don't be surprised when people think think it sucks. Dude. Right? Exactly. Nick writes in and has an excellent point. He goes, "Dude, this sounds more like Frank Zampa than it does Nine Inch Nails." Yeah. Dwayne says, "Dude, I hate it when you want to really like a song because you like the artist, but you just don't." That's how I feel right now. Trent Reznor not above putting out the first single that's going to suck. You know what I'm saying? And being like, well, that's who I am and that's what I do. He's definitely to the point where he doesn't need commercial success. But like, why would you put this song out as like, yo, new Nine Inch Nails. Haven't heard from them in a while, right? I yeah. mean, uh, Trent Reznor sent me a cease and desist once. We were out live on remote. We were doing that. We used to do these things called the road trips. And every show on the station would broadcast live. <laughs> and you do it all day, right? Okay. And, they, and every every show would be at a different location. Right. And you know what I mean? And the beer company would get involved. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? That whole mm-hmm. thing. And everybody did really well. And um, they were a huge success. It was actually my, uh, my previous program director. It was like the, not one, but like one of his good ideas. And we were out, I believe it was Razzles is where we were. Um, <laughs> yeah, in like North Olmsted, I think it is, right? We were at Razzles. We were doing afternoons then. Okay. And we got our hands on The Hand That Feeds, which was new at that t- at the time. And 
a guy named Corey was back at the radio station running the board. And we had like we didn't have access to the radio station on site. And I, I kept calling back to the radio station and said, Corey, I got the new nine inch nails, put it on the radio. And he was like, dude, the boss says not to. I was like, dude, Corey, put the hand that feeds on the radio right now. And so sure enough, we played it. It was one of those things. We played it like 10 times in a row. We wouldn't play anything else. We were only playing that. And the record label got a hold of it. Trent Reznor actually like had heard about it and got furious. And they faxed us this thing. My boss sent somebody to rap with the letter and like, dude, look, you guys are going to be sued. We're going to have to take you off the radio. And and it was like one of those moments where I was like, dude, I can't believe a guy I used to idolize is now like furious with me over what I'm doing. But like people thought at that time that what he was doing is what you're saying, which was releasing a song that wasn't going to be that good because he's not afraid to do that. And the hand that feeds ended up being a great song. But I'm with you on this one. This one I don't think might we'll make see. it. You know what I realized about the story I just told you? You know how old I am? There used to be fax machines. (laughs) Old. (laughs) Fax machines were okay. Captain Tony says Skrillex is what he's hearing. Well, meets Frank Zappa. This entire. Dubstep, Skrillex, Chainsmokers, they owe a lot to Trent Reznor and the industrial sound. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, of course. Who's that other group? All those groups, actually, you know who they really uh, have to pay homage to is, who was that? Kraftwerk? S- Smack My Bitch Up? Who was that? Prodigy. Prodigy, yeah. yeah they, they, they all totally bit them off. I do like the Frank Zappa thing, and just because it's just so weird. You, you know fan? what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, dude, yo, Frank Zappa, deep into the catalog, but like... It, when 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 I was going through my dad's records, I was like, "All right, this is cool." I always understood there was something real about him. It just wasn't always my thing. God, this feels long. Oh, dude, so long. How long is it? This feels as long as the Cavs' third quarter was last Jeez. night, dude. It's just so long right now. Ain't no Kyle Korver uh, coming to save this, though. No, buddy. no. Good God, dude. Is this still happening? I mean, it just sounds like video game music. Yeah. Almost. Yep. Any minute now. I feel like we can pull up a little yeah. early. That's There's new Nine Inch right Nails. Job. God break down the door. Fayetteon, give me the vote. It's a turn. Um, uh, not only on the level of we always talk about, you know, your expectations dictate happiness, and you think that you know uh, Nine Inch Nails would have a good song, but on any judgment that was a bad song, it's a turd. This sometimes is what, what I, I say this about artists. Sometimes an artist is so good that people are afraid to tell them when they're not good. And Trent's got enough pool, and pro- yeah. and he's got his own studio, and he's got yeah. like he doesn't have to rent studio time. He's got nothing down in New Orleans and that whole thing, where it's like he can legitimately just go in there, spend his entire day in there, and nobody is being the don't do that guy, and so nobody's checking Trent Reznor. This is what music producers are for: it's to check artists because not everything they do is great, and that was a huge, huge turd. It's a turd. So- 
Uh, that's like the third time in a row <laughs> where I've spent all morning going, dude, I love this artist. Great. Love them, love them, love them. They're so good, so good, so good. And then this happens. So I am then now fearful that something else is going to happen because that? of that. I have made a wager with a listener of the program, also a personal friend of both Fantone and myself. His name is Dustin, and we love Dustin. Yeah, he's our buddy. But we like to give Dustin crap. <laughs> I always tell the story, dude. I took Dustin to a Browns game last year. He was all hot, thought they were going to be great. They were going to win. Everything was awesome. By the third quarter, he looked like a 10-year-old who dropped an ice cream cone. He just looked miserable. He's like, dude, they're bad again, buddy. Like, no, Dustin, they've been bad for a while. They're not bad again. They've been bad, right? But Dustin is convinced that there is going to be a road playoff Browns game this year. Yeah. And I worry, just like I told you, Nine Nails are amazing. <laughs> I have told this kid that if there is a, a road playoff game, that I am buying tickets for myself, Fantone, and him, hotel tickets all on me. <laughs> and you just know, because I've said it out loud, and because of karma, that I'm going to be on the hook for like $3,000, we're going to go, and whoever is going to put a 40-burger on the Browns, and it's like, yeah, there's the roadie, but it was miserable, and I'm out a couple thousand dollars. I can do that. I just, I know it's happening. I know it's going down. Teresa's got your opportunity at $1,000. She'll get you hooked up at 1010. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it this live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. If you missed anything today, make sure you podcast that at WRQK.com. Have an amazing afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.